Well, hallelujah. Whatever God calls you to, there's grace. Everybody say grace. And I'd need a lot of it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's pray and thank God for this seed that we've got. You know, we want to get that seed in the ground because God wants you to be totally taken care of. And then he wants you to be blessed to be a blessing to others that have needs. So, Father, we thank you. We give thanks today for the goodness of God. We thank you that the goodness of God, the Bible says, leads to repentance. It causes us to give up our way and give and, and give your way an opportunity to work. So we give these offerings, these tithes tonight, and we thank you, Father, that you are the blesser. So we put this in your hands. Bless those that you desire to bless through this offering, and we thank you that it will be returned, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over into everyone's life. We thank you, Father, that we are an example of the love and the greatness of a God who takes care of his people. And we are grateful and thankful tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and receive the offering tonight. You know, um, we're going to share tonight. We have uh, some, um, well, actually, Todd and Don are going to come. And, and I believe that we've had several people share over the last what, three weeks? We're into the third week, and uh, this next weekend will be the last Sunday, and then, of course, next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, um, we have uh, Micah and Christine. Christine's up in the booth tonight. Uh, they'll be sharing with us, and uh, I also have a couple others that we may have share just a brief uh, word, but how many of you have really uh, been blessed by this series, We're Better Together? Uh, I, I have certainly been blessed just to see what God's done in, in this church through people's lives. And, uh, you know, to God be the glory. The Bible, you know, says give God all the glory. And uh, for the things that he's done in the lives of the people of this church. And I'm grateful for you that are here tonight. We're going to be talking tonight on... Um, Blessed blended families. How many of you know that blending families, what that means is you're taking uh, different people from different backgrounds, from different situations, and you're putting all five of them in a tool co and say, go for it. Hallelujah. See what you can do with this. And, uh, you know, that tool co that uh, Stanley and his wife live in, it is not big. It is like one huge room. But they actually even cook in there. So, you know, that would be, um, it's the smoke, you know, from cooking, and, and then that's just where everybody lives. Um, you know, we, we live in a much bigger house, the family of God, and we all get to go home to different houses. But when you're uh, in a process of trying to put people together who, um, in most cases, are hurting people, uh, you know, sometimes uh, people have been healed by God, and when they come together, um, there's a healing in the, the adults, but there may not be any uh, thing that's alike in the children. So you try to put them all together and expect them to like each other. And uh, we're all raised differently. Uh, I was raised, you know, by two parents that, you know, really my mother made it all about us, and my dad worked day and night to make it all about us. And so I was raised in a very loving, caring family. But I had friends who, you know, they, they weren't raised in those kind of situations. So they come out of those homes uh, with their own set of things that need to be healed and taken care of. And then they meet up with other people who have their set of situations that maybe weren't healed and taken care of. And then they come together and try to help each other. And, you know, the Bible says the blind leads the blind right into the ditch. And so tonight, I, I just want to look at a few scriptures, and then Todd and Don are going to come, and I know they're going to really bless you uh, with what God's done in their lives over these past years. Um, thank God I've been in it from the beginning with these guys. So I've been blessed from day one. Hallelujah. And uh, opportunities are just a, a time for to see God be mighty. Amen? Uh, Ephesians 6.1, Ch children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. I'm reading from the New Living. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. And you will have a long life on earth. How many of you would like to say, wow, I need that? Um, and then fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. And uh, just in case, women, you didn't see your name in there. Uh, it says in the in Proverbs that it's better to live 
in the wilderness than with a contentious wife, you know, or a woman. And uh, there's other scriptures that have to do with that. So we all uh, have an opportunity to be better. Everybody say, we're better together. We're better together, and we're better when everyone is doing what they are called to do and obeying really what it says here, children, obey your parents because you belong to God. You know, in the book of Malachi, uh, in the very last book of the Old Covenant, uh, God was very upset with his people in Israel. He was upset with the priest. He was upset with the fathers. He was upset with all of the uh, the divorce that was going on. And he said, it's because I desire godly seed. Everybody say godly seed. And you know, every one of us belongs to God first. We may not acknowledge that, but he's, he's our creator. He's our maker. So we belong to him first and foremost. And uh, as children, when we get children in our home, we have to always remember they belong to God first. They're just, uh, there's, they're ours to uh, raise and, and to have stewardship over and certainly to obey the things God tells us. But they're not ours. They belong to God. Just like you belong to God. And in Proverbs 3.33, this is, would you put that scripture? The Lord curses the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the upright. And when I was praying about this night, uh, God kept giving me this word upright. Now, that is not a word I think about, upright. But the word upright, I want to read this to you, uh, marked by strong moral integrity. Uh, in in the King James, or New King James, it says, marked by strong moral rectitude, which rectitude is honesty and morally correct. A quality of state of being or, being or in judgment or procedure. In other words, it's a state that as upright people, we live our lives according to the word of God and not according to what experiences we're in. So whatever experience we're in, we live the way God would tell us to live because we are first his children. We are, our, as parents were his children, as children were his children. And it says um, in Psalm 34, 17 and 18, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Um, over the years, we've been in ministry 30 years, and we have experienced in our own lives being brokenhearted. We have experienced counseling and helping people who are brokenhearted. And... Um, and, and to be brokenhearted, uh, it says in this scripture that the Lord rescues those. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. I was glad that Jen picked that song, you know, that, that he call, we call, he answers. And he'll rescue us out of situations. Aren't you glad you got rescued? <laughs> I'm glad I'm still getting rescued on a daily basis. Uh, but when, we, when we're rescued... Um, it says in Proverbs seventeen twenty two, a broken spirit saps a person's strength. When people are broken, there there's weakness. There's opportunity. Do you know the devil smells weakness? He's just like uh, my husband used to tell me, "Don't act like you're scared of that dog." Well, you know that's that's just fine. You know, and, and then he would say to me, that dog can smell your fear. I'm thinking, well, I'm dead. Because, you know, I may be acting like nothing's wrong, but I am scared to pieces. And, uh, you know, the devil smells weakness. Because that's where he can get in and get an opportunity. Well, when you have brokenness, you have weakness. Uh, you know, when you're sick in the hospital, you are not at your greatest strength physically. It's the same emotionally. When we go through trials and tests and things that happen in our life, we're not as strong as we would be. We don't always think the way we should think. We don't always do. Later, we look back and think, why did I do that? Have any of you ever been there? I've thought that about some situations. Why did I even do that? Jesus said, I came to heal the brokenhearted Luke. 418. That was what he said. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. God wants your life to be whole. He wants us to be in a position where we see the power of God work in our lives. Broken means separated into parts of pieces by being damaged violently separated into parts. And this is the other word I kept hearing, shattered. 
um, you know, I thought if it if it would work and I wouldn't hurt anybody, I would just take a glass and shatter it up here and say, now somebody get up here and put this back together. That's what it's like. I have lived there, so I know what this feels like. I have actually seen it in my children. I've seen it in other people's children. Shattered means... Uh, I remember one, and this is a silly example, but my son Matthew, he was always uh, doing things, you know, that he could have found better things to do. But we went away and we left him at home, came back, and the whole glass door in our house was just falling apart. I mean, it was it was like shattered, but it didn't fall out until all of a sudden it just, everything just, and we said did. Did you do that? He goes, no. No, I didn't do that. I, I don't know how that happened. Well, you know, uh, obviously he was the only one home. To this day, he won't admit that he did that. But we all know he did. You know, uh, you know I mean, it's obvious. It, it was obvious. Uh, nobody got in the yard. He, he did something. I still don't know what. Well, you know, the devil goes around and he shatters people's hearts. It's just like... He takes a hammer and shatters someone's heart, someone's heart, and then he blames it on a person rather than take the credit himself. And so we have to be wise. We have to understand that Jesus said, I came to heal the brokenhearted. There is no relationship that God cannot heal. The key is you need willing participants. You need people who are willing to say, I missed it. And I want to make this better. And then God can do something with that. That old thing, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Well, there is a king of kings who can put Humpty together again. And I believe tonight, as, as Todd and Don, if you want to come on up, I believe that uh, they have experiences that are going to help you. Um, you know, we'll all learn and grow from this. And if you're not in this position of uh, where families are being put back together. Donna, why don't you come over here? And uh, I just, I have a question. Will this record better if they're both on the same kind of mic and me on the handheld, or does it matter? Okay. Todd, would you get that mic for Donna, please? Okay. Um, If you're here, how many of you, um, maybe you know somebody who needs this message? It's always easier to receive if you know somebody else. That could use this word. Amen. So let's just all get it. I know somebody. Do you know somebody? Yeah. Okay. We all know somebody. And uh, remember, this whole, this whole series is not about pointing the finger. It's not about, oh, gosh, you missed it. And, you know, it's over. this is a series to bring healing. Everybody say healing. Jesus came to heal. Jesus came to save. Jesus came to deliver. So um, I have some questions. I'm going to. I'm going to get back here because I've found. Yeah, is it okay? Okay. Because I've found that the people. No, don't hit me. Either one of you. Remember, I'm the moderator. (laughs) Don't take me out, anybody. Okay. Now, um, it's easier for you to turn and the people, I think, to see. I'm learning this as I go. I've not done this before. Okay. Um, Let's just talk about in the beginning and. you kind of go through. I think you're going to begin, right? I think he's going to begin. Oh, you're going to begin. Yes, she is. Well, I'm not, so who's going? Why don't you say how we met? Well, we met here at church, but we, uh, Shane and Heather had a Bible study at their home, a care group, and uh, that's, how we, that's how we met and, and started, you know, calling each other. And uh, we were both going through... Uh, rough times with our uh, spouse or ex-spouses, um, but I'm, I'm going to say this to, to real quick. <laughs> um, it was it was really I don't know, it was really tough and difficult for me, um, just with the things that I had done and the things that that had happened to me. But you know, I just believe that. That God, you know, brought her into my life, and and not only it started to change things, but God started showing me things that I needed to do different. But 
I would say that, you know, Shane and Heather were a big help. Um, they, uh, they just kept encouraging us and, and was, you know, with us through this whole thing. And also Pastor Pam and Pastor Bill. Um, but that's, that's where it started was with Shane and Heather's. And Shane likes to tell a story that we, we were in their care group, and then afterwards we stayed outside and talked for like an hour after at their house, <laughs> outside the parking lot, and then Todd was so excited, he called Shane the way home and said, she gave me her phone number. <laughs> so that was the very beginning. The very beginning. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and share some of that that you wrote today? Okay. I thought it was really, that information is really good that you uh, got. Okay, um, how prevalent are step families? Um, 40% of all married couples with children in the U.S. are step couples. That's almost half. That's a lot. 100 million Americans have a step relationship. Could be a stepmom, a stepdad, stepdaughter, stepson. Approximately one third of all weddings in America today are from step families. They form step families. And you know they you hear the divorce rate for you know people who are in first time marriages is around fifty percent. Right now it's a little bit less than fifty percent. The divorce rate when there's one partner that has children is over sixty five percent and the divorce rate for both partners that have children is seventy percent. So the odds are definitely stacked against step families. Um, I was going to call this, I didn't give you this, but I was going to call it the good, the bad, the ugly, and the unmentionable. <laughs> True. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, and like Pastor Pam said, you know, we, we begin in brokenness. Um, all of us were broken. I mean, I was recently divorced. Todd was recently divorced. Our children were very young. Josh here. Surprise, Josh came tonight. <laughs> Yay. Um, Josh was two when I met him. And Adeva, his sister, was four. My son, Joey, was four. And um, my daughter, Aubrey, was seven when they met Todd. Um, and so, yeah, it was really crazy when we got together because my daughter and son is Aubrey and Joey, and his is Adeva and Josh, A-J-A-J. And then their birthdays are all a week apart in October. Um, so Joey's is October 5th, Josh, or Dave's is October 13th, and Josh is October 21st. So right there. So it was <laughs> as if we planned it, but obviously we didn't. <laughs> and Aubrey's is September 10th, and mine's September 8th. Right. So, yeah, just kind of neat coincidences, and we kind of thought, like, wow, that's pretty neat, you know. Um, but, you know, everyone is hurting on some level, and you have to honor that. And I'm not so sure how well we, we honored that because we were all hurting. Um, but, you know, God says in Romans 12, 9, Honor one another above yourselves. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor, honor one another above, above yourselves. Um, I guess the really important thing is you, you can't expect a step family to act like or be like a first family. I, I had no idea. I, 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 they're rolling the pictures backwards, actually, <laughs> um, from what it is now to what it was. But if you could find a picture of our wedding... Um, I had no idea. I don't know if you knew, but I had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> I had no idea. I mean, we've heard Pastor Pam and Bill's stories, so we thought, yes, we're ready to do this. Um, I had been in the church about a year. Todd and I, actually, we knew each other a year. We met on May 11th, and we got married the next year on May 11th. So we knew each other exactly a year. Um, so our kids you know, started to get to know each other and everything, too, before we got married. Um, but, you know, I was, I was married previously for 10 years. Todd was married previously for seven years. So we were like, hey, we got 17 years of marriage, you know. <laughs> I know a little bit well, about being good. married. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, we got divorced for a reason, you know, the, both of us, you know. So it was not good relationships that we had. Um, so, yeah. The integration period, you know, 
to feel like a family, they say, is anywhere from zero to seven years for a step family to actually feel like a family. And I would say for us, you know, we, we've been married how long, hon? Fourteen. <laughs> I quizzed him before yeah. we got up here. <laughs> well, well, I've been, I, I, I got blessed with a new job. So I've been studying and studying and studying to pass these tests. And, and she's come up to me and asked me questions, and my brain just shuts down. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want no more. I can't take this. And when you came, when Pastor Pam were, said, hey, you want to share? I was like, yeah. And then they said, well, Todd, you got to take all these tests. And I was just like, woo. But today, I passed it. Not only did I pass it, I got all 50 right. So, yeah. But, um, you know, I thought, you know, we'll just be one big happy family like the Brady Bunch. Um, but the Brady Bunch had parents who had died. Um, you know, there was a, they weren't divorced. You know, the people had died. That's why they got married, presumably. Um, and there was a lot of pressure on us um, from outside. Tremendous pressure. Like, kill you pressure. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times I just felt like instead of being a family, we're like dorm roommates, you know, when the kids were all together. Um, there was one dynamic when we were every day with my children and Todd and I, the four of us, and then a completely different dynamic when Josh and David would come over. And they were very young, um, but it didn't really feel like a family. And, you know, we did all the great things, you know, with the kids. You know, we took trips every year to Florida. We tried to do as many fun things as we could when they were little. Um, but still, you know, it doesn't really feel like a family for a long time. And I would say seven years it probably took us to right. feel like a family. And, and there was many times I wanted to go in the garage and just pull my hair out because... When you, when you're trying to, when you're trying to mix the the kids or, or you know get them all We're to the do room. yeah I've been in the garage several times <laughs> <laughs> but when you try to put them all four together you know you got to realize that you know they're all four different and they all four have different things that they can do and it was sometimes it just it was just chaos and you just like I just go to the garage and say okay Lord you've got to take care of this because I, I don't know what I don't know how to do it because for one, I never had a father, so so I was depending on, you know, the father, you know, and praying. But I was always, you know, I was always, you know, Pastor Bill was, you know, a big help, and and Tom Camp was a big help. So over that period of time, just learning how to not only blend up, you know, make us as a couple, but not let the interference of the outside spouses try to tear it apart. And so when you, you were almost, you felt like you were almost there as far as, you know, getting it, you know, starting to come together, starting to click, and then something happens outside of it. Like she said, there was, there was many times where we fought and fought and fought, not just a physical fight, but just the fight of warfare with, with the two that we, you know, that, that, that his mom and, and uh, Joy's, uh, Joy and Aubrey's dad, but it was... You know, it was um, it was just it was sometimes it was a challenge. It was tough. I can remember one time when I'll just share this, but um, me and Donna were at the house. I forget, and all the kids were. I don't even know. If, I think it was just Joey and Aubrey. They were at their dad's, and uh, she went over to get him. And he only lived like a block away. It was two weeks before our wedding. Yeah, and so we were just over there just talking and stuff. And and uh, she comes over and says that he tried to punch her through the window which he did he, he, he hit her and I said nah, that ain't happening so I went over there and he he, he, came, baseball out, bat. he came out the door <laughs> no I didn't have the baseball bat but he came yes, out the did. door <laughs> and and he had a he had an iron rod in his he had an iron rod in his sleeve that I didn't see and he said, why don't you come on the sidewalk? And I said, no, I'm not that stupid, because as soon as I come on the sidewalk, you're going you're gonna to have me arrested. And so I said, why don't you come off the sidewalk so, so I can beat your head in is what I want to do. <laughs> and I said, you know, you got that bar, but you better go back in the house and get something else because you're going to need more than that bar because I'm going to take it and, yeah. And so I didn't do anything. 
and I came back to the house, and the two county officers showed up, and she was wanting to get pictures and stuff, and she said, did you touch the guy? And I said, no, I didn't touch him, but you're lucky. I said, is he going to jail? And she said, yeah, he'll be going to jail. But that was that was just things that we had just coming out of, you know, one right before we got married, two weeks before, and then after, you know, we got married, and there was things that had happened. And but it was just trying to put it all in perspective as far as, you know, just humble ourselves, you know, and and the other thing was is, is not to talk bad about, you know, the, the, the spouses in front of the kids because that would just, that would even add, you know, more damage to trying to blend it together. Yeah, and they say, you know, when you try to blend a family, I, I, I hate to even use that word because, I don't know, step family, coping family, trying to stay alive family. Um, when you blend a family, somebody gets creamed. You know, that's kind of what I've heard people say. And, you know, the kids' birth order changes. You know, I had a, a son and a daughter, a daughter and a son. My daughter was the oldest. My son was the youngest in our family, so he's my baby. When we got married, Todd had a daughter who was older and a son who was younger. His daughter was the oldest in his family, and then Josh was the youngest. When we got married, you know, my son was no longer the youngest, and his daughter was no longer the oldest. They, two became the middle. You know, and so that's really hard on the kids. I mean, the way they act, they're used to acting, although she was four, you know, and I've seen another statistic, the worst time, the best time, it says, to come into a person's life is before the kids enter school. But in that time, the worst time is two and four. Like one and three is better for whatever reason. So Todd's kids were two and four. You know, it would have been better if they were one and three, apparently. They would have adjusted better. I don't know. Um, but so that was really hard on Joey and Adeva. And, I, you know, I've read a lot. Of, I'm a reader. I like to read a lot of books. And, you know, we were years into this. By the time I had read this, I'm like, oh, man, if I would have known that, I would have been so much more sensitive to the kids, you know. But, you know, they, they're going through so much. Um, they're really being asked to, to love somebody they don't even know or like. You know what I mean? Um, and us as step parents, you know, we may not feel love towards the kids that are not ours. It's not, nat- it's not natural um, because we didn't birth them. And so, you know, you can't ask them just to love you. You know, here, we're a family now. You have to love me. And it doesn't work that way. Um, and so we don't, uh, we don't have maternal feelings towards the kids. And he doesn't have paternal feelings towards the kids. But we can choose to love. And that's what we did. Um, and our love grew. You know, the Bible says love covers over a multitude of sins. In 1 Peter 4, 8, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And there was a multitude of sins to go around for sure. So, uh, Todd, how, being the dad, you know, of this family, and I know from where you came, uh, how did you deal with the enemy just coming against you? in the position you were in, you know, when you failed and then you're trying to, to put something together that you, you didn't do real well the first time and now you're trying to impress a wife or at least make her know that I'm for you, but then you got to be for kids. you got to be for everybody. Yeah, that was, that was really hard. I mean, just to, you know, I, I just went several, several times and just was praying and, uh, you know, you know, it's like, you know, things happen as far as, you know, when you try to correct them, you know, how do you do it, you know? And then that was the other thing is, like, where the balance is. You know, if Donna tells Joshua to do something, I can remember several times saying, you don't have to do it, you know. And it, but that was that was something that I had to learn, and I had to um, be mentored and, and just going through uh, different uh, – I went through counseling uh, there was almost a point in time where we didn't want to be together anymore, and that was really it, it, there were some things that happened on top of that. But it was like a snowball, and it was just rolling, and, and it wasn't stopping. And and I told her, you know, we had talked, and I said, you know, if we don't get help for me, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where this is going to end. I know that I want this to work, whatever it takes. But that was 
just going and, and praying and not only that just getting you know together with guys and having you know that prayer time just to have someone to go to because you know you don't have a father it's really really tough um and my mom uh was there but wasn't you know and um so so my background you know was as as being raised was kind of duplicating the way that I was trying to do that with them when you know Donna and I got married and that was a very very hard time I mean I just I just I just heard God and and I you know I have my prayer time and I write in my journal I've been reading my bible every year for the last probably 8 9 10 years but the the thing that helped me was God said a family that prays together stays together. So we prayed, regardless of what the situation was. We stopped, we prayed, and we resolved it. And, and over a period of time of practicing that... Sometimes it, after much fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Screaming, Some, yelling. Sometimes after crying. practicing that and crying and, and fighting and everything and practicing that over and over and over again, it, it became... Uh, it became uh, just not a, a routine thing, but a habit to get into. With the kids or just no, the just, two? With just us. With just the, the two of us. Yeah, we yeah, pray together every single day before he goes to work. We okay. have for years. Okay. Um, and I just, you know, it keeps us grounded. It, it knits our hearts together, and it keeps God in the picture and in our home. And the scripture um, for that is Matthew 18, 19, and 20. Again, and truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. I mean, sometimes all hell will be breaking loose in our home. And usually it was me that would say, look, (laughs) we're going to kill each other here. Can't we just pray? And then after a few minutes of him just going into the room and calming down, he would have enough, you know, wherewithal um, to say, okay. Because when you're angry, your brain goes crazy. I think your frontal lobe doesn't even work. I think that's biological. (laughs) You know, you just can't think, and you you just react. And um, so, yeah, now we do. You know, we pray now, but especially when the kids were little, when when it was going nuts, you know, that's what really we we. I said we need God in here, not the devil. You know. Yeah, we grabbed onto that quick. Yeah. You know, and then eventually we we had the kids. You know, pray whatever. You know, was on their. And they did at night. I think every night when the kids were there, Mm -hmm. we pretty much always pray together. Um, now, I noticed something that you shared with, you know, when I received this was uh, holidays and, you know, things can get a little heated up. <laughs> I well, used to love yeah. holidays. Yeah. In my first marriage, I had a great... Holidays were the only time I didn't fight with my ex-spouse. Seriously, for sure. But So I have really good memory, memories of holidays as a kid with my parents and I have, from my whole life, I had a great memories of holidays, so I just thought holidays would be great. Holidays were the most worst days ever, ever. Um, because of the outside influences, you know, we would always be told, you have them on every holiday. Well, we never got them on holidays, literally never. Um, they would be over our house. We had, every year was something different. Um, you know, I always had this idea of waking up and having all four children around the Christmas tree. I thought, I don't think it ever happened until recently. They were like preteens and it finally happened. But, you know, my ex would always want the kids for Christmas Eve. And then he lived in Lafayette for a while. Then he moved to Indy. No matter what, he always had to have my Christmas Eve. So my kids never came back until Christmas Day. Could have been 10 o'clock in the morning, could have been 8 o'clock in the morning, could have been 12, could have been 2. Whenever they showed up, they showed up. Lisa, his ex-wife, always wanted them in the morning. So we would always wake up usually on Christmas morning, just the two of us, with maybe whoever stayed over. Sometimes we had Sean Rector stay over our house or friends, you know, whatever, just waiting for the kids to come. To come. Or sometimes, you know, some one of them will be there or whatever for whatever reason but it was never this picture perfect holiday that i wanted it to be and when we did get together it was always rushed because they always had to be someplace else they were dropped off for an hour and then it's all we got with them and they had to go away and so we got to the point where we were almost like 
you can just have them on holidays. We'll have them on a different holiday altogether. Hol- Christmas at our house is not going to be on Wednesday this year. It's going to be on Thursday. Can everybody make it? You know. <laughs> And we tried to be creative because I was heartbroken. I mean, holidays for me for my whole life was a great memory. And then I was so angry. I was just so angry. You know, and literally I would fight with, you know, his ex-wife. You had a monster. And it was just not worth fighting about anymore. I did, so to keep the peace. Um, and, and sadly, you know, I had some holiday traditions, too. You know, on Easter, we did an egg cracking contest. And um, I wanted to start developing. My kids were little when we got married. I wanted to start developing holiday Christmas traditions at my house. And sadly, that didn't really happen. Um, we, we tried to do the few things I wanted to do quickly. But, you know, it was always a rushed a rush thing. Um, but now that they're older, you know, um, they're all either teenagers or in their 20s. My daughter's getting married next month. We're just now really starting to do some traditions. They, are, In fact, this year they were all at our houses yeah, and right. their spouses too. Yeah. And so I think going forward we're going to be able to have good holidays. But that was a dream I had to just die to. I had to give it up because it wasn't worth fighting about all the time every year at every holiday. Yeah. Birthdays too. Yeah. Or even, I mean, it could be in Veterans Day it felt like, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, she can have it. It's Veterans Day. I know. Take them. I don't care. <laughs> But but what you did, I thought, was really uh, you invited other people. Yeah, we uh, we prayed about it, and uh, we just started inviting um, anybody who didn't anybody have a place that to go. Didn't have a place to go uh, could come to the house, and we would cook. And there was a lot of times where we didn't know where it came from. We just have money show up in our in the mailbox just to say, here, this is going to pay for this, or this is going to pay for this. And so we would set tables up in the in the living room and in the kitchen area. We had one time we had, I don't know, I think there was probably 13 or 14 international students. Yeah. And they all brought different oh. meals. And, and, and like from Vietnam, from Korea, from Japan, from China. They were all over from India. And they all had different uh, meals that they brought. And um, this one little gentleman, he was so funny. When we were sitting at the table, and we were like, um, okay, so now we're going to cut this turkey. And he kind of looked at me and he's like, where's the turkey? I said, it's right there. And he's like, oh, I've never seen a turkey before. So they, He was they, a vegetarian they, they, that couldn't never, eat anything sliced with right, the turkey. And they'd never experienced anything like that as far as Thanksgiving. We did yep. it for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. Um so that changed, you know, the, the atmosphere as far as if the kids couldn't come, we just opened up the house. And there was we did that for several, several years. Yeah, we we did that for a long time. And it was a blessing. It really was to learn. And not only that, just to learn the different cultures of the people and where people were coming from. We could pray with people. It was, it was really God opened the doors. Well, I'm grateful because in this church, we had a lot of people that didn't have somewhere to go. And I can remember... All those times we would put in the bulletin, Todd and Donna have opened up their home for Christmas, and he, I had no idea why. But thanks. You're welcome. I'll thank you for the other people, too. Hallelujah. One time, I just have to tell you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. That's taking lemons and making lemonade or whatever they say, right. you know? You know, um, it's kind of funny. You know, our friends who are going to hear this on tape, you know, we have a sense of humor. But, you know, God says, when you give a dinner, invite the poor, the lame, the blind, yeah, yeah. those who can't repay you. And one year we had Sandy over who's blind. And um, yeah. it was amazing. We, the kids got a Wii that year. And I thought, oh, man, Sandy's over. She's blind. She can't play the Wii. <laughs> And, yes, uh, oh my gosh! I know Sandy. She's right. We were the kids had their bowling, you know, game, and so they were playing bowling. And I'm like, okay, let's include Sandy. So I would line her up, and it's unbelievable. She would like throw it blind. The woman strike got either time. a strike or a spare every single time. She beat every person in the room. She beat all the kids. Josh is shaking his head. She beat all the kids. and We were dying laughing. We were hysterical on the floor, and she just felt like a million bucks. Well, you know, uh, I know you could go on and on, but I believe that um, now you're going to be grandparents when? Oh, my gosh, in July. July 2nd. Yeah. So why a second? Going to have Madeline a baby. Grace. Yes. Todd's, or Josh is going to be an uncle. Josh is going to be an uncle. 
And uh, Josh, you're the last one to go through school, aren't you? You're yes. done. Mm-hmm. And He's then, the baby. Yeah, and Joey's at Purdue. Purdue. Freshman. And Aubrey's getting married. married. Nursing school. And everybody is getting along. Yes. Much better. You know, oh my gosh. Yeah, eight plus years, it's great. So if you can hold on for eight years. <laughs> Our family feels like a family now. I mean, not 100% like you would, but, oh, my gosh. Such a difference. It's so awesome. I think the kids can stand me now, right? You like me? (laughs) And they love each other. You know, they become friends. You can see this, you know, that was the least, blending the kids was the least hard of the whole situation. It was dealing with the ex-spouses that were really the hardest of of all. And honestly, it brought us closer together. Because you know, like when two people are in war, you either hunker down or you split apart. And so we just kind of hunkered down and you know, we had to make some boundaries. You know, we never answered the telephone. Right. We always let them leave a message. Um, Because then we could decide whether we wanted you know, engage into this warfare and drama or not. You know, and the few times that, you know, we answered the telephone, usually he did, I'd be like, oh, why did you do that? Now look what's going on, you know. But um, I'm, I'm sure I was guilty of that, too. But, yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, just to have them all, you know, doing their different things. You know, like Joey's freshman. He'll be a sophomore now. Josh was at... Um, Oh, I can't think of it now. But Crossroads. Crossroads, The Crossing, yeah. yeah. The Crossing. Really awesome alternative school. Really awesome school. alternative Christian school. Um, Jeremy Camp's brother, Jared, is one of the teachers. He's the one that actually headed it up. And uh, they have a 98% um, success rate for graduates. So it's really helped them out. Yeah. So they work. They, they do their schooling for four hours, and then they go out and work on habitat homes for four hours. So they get to learn how to do electrical drywall, everything. So when they do graduate, they have that back in them. Praise the Lord for that. One last thing I just wanted to say, because I think it's really important. Um, The biological parent is the person who sets the course for the stepchild relationship. Like, I had to really teach my kids to respect Todd. You know, and he had to teach his kids to respect me. And to be honest, to even acknowledge each other. A lot of times, and the kids didn't understand that they were doing this or even realize they were doing this, but for years and years and years, you know, we'd pick them up on the weekends and they would be like, bye, Dad, love you. Okay, I'm here too, you know. (laughs) See ya, have a good week. And they just didn't, they didn't mean it. Or my children would be like, you know, bye, Mom, love you, and just totally ignore Todd. Even when they came into the living room at night and said goodnight, they would hug me. My kids would hug me and ignore Todd, and Todd's kids would hug him and ignore me. And I don't think they did it on purpose. And so I, I kind of saw that pattern, you know, and for a lot of different things. If even a phone call, hey, Dad, how you doing? Well, I live here too, you know. Um, and so that's really important that the, the other parent teaches their child to respect the other parent because I can't, you know, I could say, well, you need to respect me, but if it comes from him, it's much easier. And, and we had a hard road with that, um, but, you know, everything worked out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, too, when you, when you bring <clears throat> the people on the other side of this relationship, uh, you know, the exes, they're going through their things as oh, well. Yeah. And a lot of these situations, like in your situation, they've never been resolved. In other words, there's not been a long distance of time or people involved to heal everybody in the situation, which then makes the warfare incredible because it's really not about the children, but the children become the pawns in the warfare. And uh, I, I think, you know, that I've seen that where, you know, everybody's hurting, so everybody is offended or hurt by everything that everybody does. And, uh, you know, only Jesus. It's the grace of God. Everybody say grace. grace. See, grace is God's unmerited favor. Grace is God's ability to change things and do things. And, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for what I've seen, you know, God do in your relationship. Sometimes, I know they may seven, say seven years, sometimes it's less. It depends on the people involved in the situation, where they're at in their walk. But wherever you are tonight in your walk, God wants to heal your relationships, whether you're the ex or they're the ex. Um, in God's sight, nobody's an ex. Amen. Everybody's precious in God. Amen. You know that old song? 
Uh, God loves the little children of the world. Uh, we see ourselves as adults. God sees everybody as a child. Yes. And uh, so, you know, I, because I, I didn't know Donna's situation, but I knew Todd's, you know, you want the very best for everybody in that. Because like what Manny shared last week, when everybody that's leading those children is on the same page, it's so much easier. And then I saw where you're planning a shower uh, you and Lisa together this year. Right, yeah, for Adeva. Yeah. God has a way of bringing things where they need to be. And let's believe for that tonight. Yes. If you would come back up and we're going to just take communion. But, um, Todd, I want you to pray and Donna to pray. If you're here tonight and you've uh, experienced these kind of situations, you could have been the child in the situation, uh, and now you're the parent in that kind of situation. Uh, oftentimes, children that come out of a divorce situation end up in a divorce situation. and uh, Or maybe you're here tonight and it's not really a divorce situation, but there was a deceased person, a mom or a dad, in your situation. And then you ended up in another relationship and you don't have that person to go to anymore. You don't have that uh, mom or dad on the other side that when things aren't going right you can go to. Uh, Jesus is the answer for all these situations. And uh, so it, let's just take a minute. Uh, we're not going to have you come up uh, right at this time because we're going to take communion, but I want Todd to pray. Go ahead, Todd. And you too, Don. Well, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to, to be up here and to share uh, just our lives and how you put us together and how you brought us together as a family. Lord, and I pray that if there's anybody out there tonight, Father God, Lord, I just pray that you would show them the way. Lord, that they would humble themselves before you and let the Holy Spirit lead and guide them, whatever they're doing, wherever they're at, whichever way they need to go. Lord, we know that it's, it's, not, it's not people, it's, it's the enemy that uh, tries to play tricks on, on people and to deceive people. But you know, Lord, when we're not in your word, that that's when it really can have an effect. Lord, I just pray also that whoever's going through things, Father God, or whatever the situations are, that, that their hearts would be opened. Lord, and that they would be willing to spare some time and, and to have quiet time and, and to read your word. And not only that, to, to study it and to understand what it means. And Lord, we know that you're no respecter of persons, Father God, Lord. Lord, and I'm not up here for me. I'm up here because I just want to be the example of what you've done in my life and in what you've done in Donna's lives. In our children, Father God, as they grow up, thank you, Lord. Lord. So I thank you and I praise you for this, Lord, and, and we give you all the praise and glory because you love us unconditionally. And like Pastor Pam said, that you don't see us as adults; you see us as children. And even though we make mistakes and we fall down, it's not how many times we fall down; it's how many times we get back up. Yes. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead, Donna. Lord, I just thank you, um, Father, for anybody who's in this situation. Father, I just pray that you would, um, like Todd said, help them to be in the Word. Father, I know that's a thing that really helped us is we were always in church and we were always in the Word. And, Lord, I, I just pray that they would be um, really serious about this. I know it's going to be very hard to, to have this kind of situation without walking in the Word and, and being involved in relationships that church. And I just pray, Father, I pray for our relationships here, Lord, that we would be one another's keepers, that we would, um, you know, bear each other's burdens here in this church, Father God, and, and that, um, that no one would be ashamed of what's going behind oh, closed doors if they, yes. if they feel like, oh, here I am, this person, one person way at church, another way at home, just to help them to break that shame. There is no shame. We're all in this together. Yes. And Lord, I just I pray, Father, that they would they would make their needs known um, to those that could help. Yes. And uh, Lord, that they 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 know that that things will get better, that things do get better. And uh, Father, I just pray I pray for them. I pray that they would be connected with your Spirit and with the people of this church, Lord. And we we pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Amen. Let's go ahead and worship for a few minutes. Ushers, you want to come and serve communion? And uh, I believe God's going to do great things tonight as we take communion. You know, um, the Word of God says that we have to forgive. And uh, sometimes it's difficult because we base our forgiveness on feelings. You know, to forgive somebody doesn't mean you feel it. It means you make a decision. Lord, I choose to forgive. Your feelings may not agree at the moment, but they'll come into line once we make that choice. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Josh, I know this is going to be hard, but but I want you to pray tonight for kids that have been in this situation because they hurt. And you know, you know that hurt. But I believe God wants you to pray. And God's going to heal some things. Okay? Dear God, all the kids here are going through struggle like I did growing up. Um, I usually don't do this, but tonight I'm going to pray for all the kids and all the parents here going through divorce. Keep fighting. No matter how hard it is to struggle... No matter what, don't shut your kids out. Keep your kids there. We may not act like we're listening or obeying you because we want to disobey you and have fun. But we love you guys and we want the best as much as we do. And the struggle we don't know as you adults are going through for all the divorce. But don't don't always yell and don't be so mean to the kids who are going through the same pain. Because it does hurt. And it takes forever to heal. And I forgive my dad and my stepmom for some of the things I've seen and heard. (laughs) But don't be scared. The struggle will get better. Your kids will love you and your relationships with them will be even stronger than you started. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Give God praise, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I hope we didn't turn that tape off before that got on there. Because that was... How many of you know there's people that out there that that's, that's the way those kids feel? They can't make a choice. I do know that. So let's choose for them. Like Todd and Donna began to do. Choose to, to invest in somebody else. Maybe it's, maybe it's a friend, a neighbor. Invest in their life when you don't have them. Sow a seed and let God return that to you. Because he will heal. Everybody say, he will heal. Let's stand up tonight. Father, I thank you for every person here tonight. I thank you that you have done a work in this place tonight. That only the Holy Spirit can do. I thank you, Father, for Todd and Donna. I pray for them, Lord, that you will continue. You will make opportunities for them to minister to families that are in this situation. That they'll they'll have the words that that their children will be able to minister to other children and young people that need to hear that need to hear no in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for 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 those in here that. You've been in that situation where you you have maybe his and ours and hers and and it's just it just seems like it's overwhelming. Remember this message tonight. God will work it out for you. He is no respecter of persons. He can make what looks broken and shattered make that go right back into something beautiful. And he will do it in his time. He will do it. Just wait on Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's say this. Father, you are a good God. And I am a good child. Hallelujah. We can do this. Amen. Amen. Go and be blessed. Go and be blessed. Hallelujah. You want to come?